Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why liars may mimic your body language, an alternative response to fight or flight, and why lakes freeze from the top down and not the bottom up. Let's satisfy some curiosity. What does your body language look like when you lie? Well, according to a new study, it probably changes depending on who you're lying to. Liars, specifically lying men, imitate the body language of the person they're lying to. And that could eventually mean we need a new type of lie detection test. For this study, Dutch researchers recruited 50 male college students and gave each one five minutes to solve a wooden puzzle. The experimenter left the room, but she accidentally left the puzzle solution with the participant, subtly encouraging him to cheat on the puzzle. When the experimenter came back in the room, she asked the student not to tell on her for screwing up the experiment. Next, the team equipped the student and a different researcher with wireless accelerometers to record their movements. The researcher then interviewed the students about what had just happened, and some students lied about how they had solved the puzzle, while others told the truth. The team found that when a student was being honest, their body language was their own. But when they lied, they started to sync up their movements with the person they were talking to. The more difficult the lie, the more their movements synced with their interviewer. So why would a lying person mimic the person they're lying to? Well, the researchers think that liars' brains just get so tied up with keeping their stories straight that they mimic the listener's body movements. That's easier and requires less thought than coming up with their own body language. In the past, researchers have tried and failed to find signs of a liar's deception in their facial expressions or body language. But few had looked at both the liar and the person being lied to together. And that may be the key to detecting deception. Unfortunately, you couldn't use this to tell someone was lying just by looking at them. The movements we're talking about here are just too tiny, but they are detectable with the accelerometers the researchers used. If the findings from this study can be duplicated in larger studies, then we could have a new type of lie detector on our hands. The traditional lie detectors used in movies and police stations are notoriously unreliable. But imagine if we had accelerometers in the courtroom, able to detect the slightest, most subtle mimicry in people's body language. That would be a game changer. You've probably heard of the fight or flight response. That's that feeling you might get when you're stressed that makes you either want to get aggressive or withdraw completely. The fight or flight response is established by nearly a century of research, but it might not be our only response to stress. A more recent theory suggests that we also may tend and befriend. The inspiration for this idea happened in the workplace. Two UCLA psychology researchers noticed how the men and women in their lab responded to stress in different ways. When men were under pressure, they closed themselves in their offices. When the women were under pressure, they reached out to friends and colleagues. Curious, one of the researchers looked into the science and realized that 90% of stress research had only used male subjects. What if what we know about stress is missing half of the population? So the researchers re-examined the science and zoomed in on the few studies that used female participants. What they found was a pattern of behavior that didn't closely resemble the fight-or-flight response at all. 
women were more likely to react to stress with two other courses of action, which they called tend and befriend. The tend refers to things like checking in on vulnerable members of the community, especially children. And befriend refers to coordinating with members of their community to defend themselves and address the threat. Of course, this isn't exclusive to women. It soon became clear that men sometimes do this, too. It also doesn't mean that women don't have a fight-or-flight response, let's be clear. But there is some evidence for a strong biological component to this response. Fear triggers the production of oxytocin, sometimes called the bonding hormone, in both men and women. But research suggests that testosterone suppresses the effects of oxytocin while estrogen enhances it. That might explain the gender difference. The researchers see this different type of response as an evolutionary adaptation to ensure the survival of the species. But this doesn't just extend to protection of your family and loved ones. Tending and befriending could mean organizing a study group to prepare for an intense final exam or hitting the group chat when you're facing stress at work. When the going gets tough, you don't have to attack or retreat. You can find connection, too. In the colder parts of the world, lakes often spend the winter frozen at least mostly frozen. A lot of the time, it's only the surface of the lake that turns into a sheet of ice, while the water below stays liquid. But doesn't heat rise? So why do lakes freeze from the top down and not from the bottom up? Well, first, the basics. From a scientific standpoint, heat is a measure of how fast the molecules in a substance are moving. When substances cool, their molecules slow down and get closer together, therefore denser. Most substances follow this general rule, which you may remember from science class. But not water. Water's density doesn't exactly work like that. Water is kind of weird. In the freezing temperatures of winter, a lake gradually loses heat to the surrounding air through its surface. As the water on the surface cools, that colder, denser water sinks and allows warmer water to flow to the top. And this keeps happening until the surface hits a magic temperature of 39.2 degrees Fahrenheit or 4 degrees Celsius. And that's when the water really starts acting strangely. Until this point, the water was getting cooler and cooler and denser and denser. But at this magic temperature and below, water starts expanding. So now the colder water begins rising to the surface. The surface water keeps losing even more heat until it reaches 32 degrees Fahrenheit or 0 degrees Celsius when it finally turns to ice. And this same principle is the reason why the deep ocean doesn't freeze even though sunlight can't reach it. There is a point roughly 3,000 feet or about 1,000 meters deep called the thermocline. Water at this level and deeper reaches that magic temperature of 4 degrees Celsius. Water below this level would have to expand to either cool or warm, but the pressure of the water above is too great to let that happen. It only gets colder around 13,000 feet, about 4,000 meters. At that point, there's so much pressure that the water stays liquid at temperatures that would usually turn it into ice. If water didn't behave this way, life as we know it wouldn't be possible. Life started in the ocean, and that wouldn't have happened if our oceans could freeze solid. Water is weird in a way that you couldn't live without. All right, well, let's recap what we learned today, starting with the fact that liars may imitate the body language of the person they're lying to. 
That's probably because it's easier for a liar to focus on keeping their story straight if they just copy their audience's body movements. This copied movement might be too subtle to see with the naked eye, but someday accelerometers in courtrooms might provide a whole new way of detecting lies. Who knows? I mean, I do want to stress that our ability to detect lies right now is pretty close to non-existent. As much as you may have heard of micro expressions and maybe like people look in certain directions when they're lying or just there are all these things that people say are telltale signs of a liar and none of them really hold up under scrutiny. So this one might work, but we definitely need a lot more research to find out. What about the um, what about the 3.5 edition spell lie detection level three bard spell level four paladin? Seems like that's a pretty surefire way to do it. I'm uh, I'm not an expert in your your nerd magic, so I don't think I can comment on that. Ashley, it's a plus 30 bonus to sense motive checks. I mean, how can you argue with that? <laughs> you know, Cody, we try not to use jargon on this show. Oh. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of jargon coming for you right now. Mm, okay. All right. I'll, <laughs> I will terminate that train of thought. We also learned that in addition to fight or flight, people might do a thing called tend and befriend when they're stressed. That means people react to stress by checking in on others who might be having trouble and then coordinating with others to defend themselves and address threats. Maybe we're evolving to not just attack or run away when times get tough, but also to connect with each other. Good time for this story. We all could use a little more connection. Definitely. I never like to dwell too much on the difference between men and women because everything's a bell curve and the bell curves overlap a whole lot, which means that on average, men might be one way and women might be another way. But any two individuals are a lot more similar than they are different. That said, I do notice this difference between me and my fiance. When the going gets tough for him, he just kind of, you know, puts on the blinders and works to solve his own problem. When I'm stressed out, I immediately go to my friends and I talk about it. And like, that's what I need. So I don't know. I see this. But they're not absolutes either. I've definitely done both. Oh, for sure. For sure. I definitely, depending on the stress, there are many things that I don't reach out to friends for, especially when I feel like I've, I've failed or like it's going to make me look bad. I'll just, I'll just stick to my, my own thing. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. There are many ways to deal with stress. We also learned that lakes freeze from the top down because water is weird. Once the temperature is just a handful of degrees above freezing, water starts expanding and that colder water starts to rise to the surface. That surface water loses even more heat until it reaches the freezing point and then turns to ice. Chemistry, man. Can't live with it. Can't freeze without it. Man, that's cold. <laughs> Today's stories were written by Kelsey Dunk, Ruben Westmas, and Cameron Duke, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow, and Ashley and I will tend and befriend you so hard. I mean, or I guess you could just do it to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. 